You're listening to Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. I'm your host, Estelle, and I'm super happy you're tuning in today. I'm a certified personal trainer and life coach whose life within the fitness world has been pretty all over the place. After becoming a personal trainer, I quickly realized that most people needed just as much help with their heart and mind, which is why I now fuse fitness and life, because the two cannot be pulled apart. In this podcast, my goal is to help you find confidence, freedom and understanding, and feel at home in the fitness world and explore self-discovery and life topics intersecting with fitness in ways you may not have thought of before. It's time you figure out for yourself what it means to be healthy and make choices you feel confident in that lead to creating a life you love. Welcome to Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. Let's get started. Are you on the journey to achieve a healthier lifestyle, but find it challenging to get all the nutrients you need from your regular diet? Look no further than Perfect Supplements. Perfect Supplements is a leading provider of high quality, all natural supplements designed to support your well-being and help you reach your health goals. Whether you're an athlete striving for peak performance, a busy professional seeking more energy, or simply someone who wants to improve their overall vitality, Perfect Supplements has something for you. They are committed to sourcing the purest and most potent ingredients to create products that are free of harmful additives, fillers, and synthetic chemicals. You can trust that what you're putting in your body is of the highest quality and genuinely beneficial. One of my favorites is their grass-fed collagen. It's fantastic for supporting joint health, promoting radiant skin, and strengthening hair and nails. Plus, it's sourced from grass-fed, pasture-raised cattle, ensuring that you get the best quality collagen available. And for you guys, they're offering an exclusive discount. Head over to their website at perfectsupplements.com and use the code Estelle at checkout to get 10% off your order. That's Estelle, my name, E-S-T-E-L-L-E. And what's even better is when you buy three, you save 20%. When you buy six, you save 25%. Stack that with my code Estelle, E-S-T-E-L-L-E, for that additional 10% off and you get up to a total of 35% off. Take a step towards a healthier you with Perfect Supplements. The link is in the show notes. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. It has been just a few weeks. I took a little break um, from recording and everything, and I'm happy to be back with you guys. Welcome to season five. Today, we are going to be talking about understanding different kinds of lifting and also how this correlates to different energy systems, your metabolism, genetics, menstrual cycle. I found this so powerful to understand. Uh, just when I when I look out, when I'm like, let's say I'm on the treadmill and I look out at people working working out at the gym, I see people doing all different kinds of things. So it's not to say that everyone is doing one of these forms of lifting. A lot of people do a fusion. They do like a medley of all these different things. So they just do general strength training and that is totally fine. But it's important to understand where these things came from. Where was the beginning to all of this, like the origins per se. So I want to talk a little bit about that, but I also want to talk about the style that I teach. And Part of my inspiration for wanting to talk about this is because if you follow me on Instagram, 
you've probably seen that my workout content has shifted a little bit lately or more like a lot lately. <laughs> um, you probably used to see me doing more things like squats and deadlifts and bench press. And I still love all of those things, but you you probably saw that I've shifted into a new style of lifting that maybe looks a little bit more intimidating, um, a little bit more complex or um, what do you call it? Uh, just uh, more technical. That's what I was looking for. It looks more technical. And the reason I want to talk about this is because that's not the form of lifting I teach. The form of lifting I am learning is not what I'm teaching. That is beyond me right now. So basically, there are three primary styles of lifting, and I don't want this to be confused with just resistance training. Resistance training is a much more broad term, like calisthenics is resistance training, but calisthenics only uses body weight. Uh, Pilates can even be resistance training because you're using your body as resistance or you're using the machine as resistance, um, even using resistance bands. Well, that's not lifting. Lifting, that is still a form of resistance training. So anytime your body is working against a resistance, even if that be your own body, that is resistance training. So lifting is resistance training, but not all resistance training is lifting. So right now I want to talk specifically about the three primary styles of lifting. So the first one is bodybuilding. And this is kind of what it sounds like. It is very aesthetically focused. And I still love lots of things about bodybuilding. Like, I guess I say still love because a lot of you guys know that I don't put aesthetics at the forefront. Um, not to say that I think training for it is wrong or anything, but it's just not the primary goal with a lot of things that I coach for. But I do like a lot of things within bodybuilding because it can be better for the overall health of the body because they don't lift as heavy within this style. Um, so for certain populations, that can be more beneficial. Um, they target smaller muscle groups, which can be good. It really is just um, a case-by-case thing. Some people are going to be better suited to do more of a bodybuilding style of working out. Does that mean they're going to train for bodybuilding competitions? No. You can still eat how you eat, live your life the exact same way, um, but just do that style of exercise. Um, so that is one form of lifting, bodybuilding. Then there is power lifting. So I'm going to get into this a little bit later, but this doesn't necessarily mean you're using more power. So that's confusing, but just keep that in mind for at a later point. But there's power lifting. So power lifting has three main lifts, deadlift, squat, bench press. So if someone was to go to a powerlifting meet or a powerlifting competition, that's what it is, um, all of the contestants would only do three movements squat, deadlift, bench, bench press. Now that doesn't mean if someone is doing powerlifting that they don't train for anything else because there can be lots of different movements complementary to those other three movements I just lift, uh, lifted, <laughs> listed <laughs> um, to the other movements I just listed that would assist in um, speeding up the improving the performance of those movements. So 
What I had been doing previously to learning this new style of lifting that you may have seen me doing on Instagram um, or in person, if you know me in person, um, what I'd been doing previously was more so like power lifting. Now I did other things within that. So I did bench, squat, deadlift, but I also did things like hip thrust, pull up, rows. So my previous style of weightlifting had powerlifting as its foundation per se. Um, so if you are my client or you are in my membership or I've done programming for you in the past, it has a powerlifting foundation. Now I alter it more or less depending on the person. And also I work in little bits of bodybuilding sort of things in there um, mixed with functional training, those sorts of things and um, corrective work as well. That's I've just kind of made my own thing out of it. But I guess I'm bringing this up because if you see what I used to do, that was more so powerlifting. It's those movements that we do in everyday life, like you sit down on the toilet and you stand up, you did a squat, <laughs> you, um, you're lying on the floor, you get up, I guess that's technically a push up, but you're pressing just like a bench press. Um, you pick your kid up off the floor, you did a deadlift. So those are kind of like powerlifting movements. And I give those examples in daily life because I'm trying to emphasize that these are simple, simple movements. They're not very complicated. Your body is going to catch on to this very quickly because if you live if you live even a just above sedentary life, you're going to be doing these movements and your body's going to know what to do. So that's that. So we covered bodybuilding, that's one. We covered powerlifting, that's another. And next and not least, we come to Olympic lifting. Now, when I say this, people usually get really intimidated because they hear the word Olympic and they're like, oh my goodness, that means you go to the Olympics and you don't. <laughs> it is not that. So you do not go to the Olympics if you do Olympic lifting. <laughs> it's just another style of lifting. And within Olympic lifting, there are only two lifts. There's one lift called a snatch and there's another lift called the clean and jerk. So if you, even if you've done CrossFit, you know what these are. Um, So a snatch, it to the untrained eye, it's going to look like a really fast deadlift plus throwing it over your head. Um, A clean and jerk, that's two movements separated, but within Olympic lifting, it's one performed together. So a clean looks like a deadlift plus pulling it up to your shoulders. And the jerk part is um, dipping down and then throwing it over your head. Now that's super duper duper uh, simplified, <laughs> but those are the movements within Olympic lifting. And it is much more technical. Now, like I said, I do not coach Olympic lifting. I only started learning this form, um, I want to say in maybe April of this year, or sorry, well, this will be released in 2024. So April of last year, uh, April 2023. And the progress you see within Olympic lifting is I can't even explain how exponentially more slow it is then within powerlifting. And it's because it requires so much more coordination. Um, it, it's just a very technical sport. So 
that's how it differs. It differs from powerlifting where powerlifting, you're going to be performing probably lower repetitions, heavy weight. It's um, more accessible to people, whereas Olympic lifting can be um, a lot more intimidating. I honestly think if I had known from the very start, like when I started lifting and I was, I don't know, early 20s, if I could have started with Olympic lifting and I had the guts to, it probably would have been better to start then. But here we are and I'm learning it now and I'm having fun. Um, but basically, yeah, when I started lifting, I did more bodybuilding slash powerlifting and then it transitioned to more powerlifting slash bodybuilding. <laughs> um, and that's kind of what I coach through. And I, like I said, I incorporate corrective and functional training in there. I would describe it more of a general strength training. Now, the reason I do this is because each style of lifting, everything has its pros and cons. If someone is to only do a style of bodybuilding, they're probably going to get really, really tight. Um, and they're I've noticed bodybuilders, now this isn't everyone, I don't want to put everyone in the same box, but for the most part, bodybuilders move in a very mechanical way, and that's because of their training style. They train muscles in isolation, less in um, in unison with the whole body. Like, we don't often walk around um, doing knee extensions or or leg curls or bicep curls or overhead tricep extensions. We use our body as a whole. It works as one unit. And that's why the body can start to move a little bit more mechanically because bodybuilding trains it to move mechanically. It's Bodybuilding is not training movement. It's training a look to achieve a look. So again, I'm not trying to put down bodybuilding. There there are times that I incorporate it into my own programming. I'm just stating a fact here that if you look at how bodybuilders move, they tend to move a little bit more mechanically than other lifters. Now with powerlifting, um this is this is strength training in my definition. Not there can be other kinds of strength training, but because repetitions are so low, you are training for strength. Maybe that would be something better to say. It's not necessarily strength training, but you are training for strength. So something that people often get confused with is they think weightlifting is strength training and strength training can be weightlifting, but not always vice versa. Because if you're doing higher repetitions or even moderate repetitions, that's not really strength training because strength is built at very low repetitions. And that's what powerlifting does. So powerlifting, typically you're not, well, in competition, you're going to do a one rep max. So you're only going to lift at one time, but generally within your own training, you're not going to lift that um, very high repetitions either. So strength training itself. So uh, veering away from just talking about these three different types of lifting. Now you kind of have an idea of what they are, the bodybuilding, the powerlifting, the uh, Olympic lifting. Oh, one more thing I want to add, sorry, about the Olympic lifting is that this is also trained in very low repetitions, um, not necessarily for strength, but because of the technicality of it. The body can't typically perform so many repetitions 
uh, using the proper technique. So it'll be like three max. I think that's the most I've ever seen in my programming for it that my coach has given to me. Um, sometimes I will do like five or six repetitions, but it won't be of one of the Olympic lifts. It might be just squats or something or a deadlift or whatever, something like that. Um, so yeah, bearing away from that now, let's talk about what strength training is. So like I just said, it's low repetition like five reps maximum for strength. And because the repetitions are so low, the weight should be really, really heavy because it's not like, oh, I can do, you know, 10 pounds for 10 repetitions. But if I do it five, now I'm doing strength. No, you're going to need to do like 20 pounds with that or 25 maybe um, because you still need to be fatigued by that point. Now, it's important to bring up here muscle fiber types. So this is starting to get into energy systems, which I mentioned at the outset. Now, muscle is not just muscle. There, there's muscle fibers and there's different types of muscle fibers. There's type one, which is slow oxidative. There is type two. And within type two, there are actually two different types. There is type 2A, also known as fast oxidative. And then there's type 2B, which is fast glycolytic. Uh, so these three different types, they kick in and have a higher genetic potential with different training, different forms of training. Like, are you going really fast with your lifts? Are you working for endurance? Is there somewhere in the middle? So it used to be, I don't remember in what year they discovered like a difference between type 2A and 2B, but um, it used to be just type 1 and type 2. And then they were like, well, actually, there's really two kinds of type 2. So you could almost think of it as type one, two, three, but no one ever calls it that. So this type one, it is, um, and it functions well with an aerobic energy system. So they do well with uh, low intensity and long duration. So this is uh, muscle fibers meant for endurance. So we're talking like two minutes and up. So this would be higher repetitions. Um, yeah, just higher rep work. So I'm thinking like 15 reps and higher. That would be training for endurance. And also, even though if you don't get to the two minute mark within those 15 reps, the thing is with endurance training, you don't rest that long. So your body isn't fully, fully recovered by the time you go to your next set. So you still do work primarily within the aerobic energy system. Now let's talk about type 2A. So this is the anaerobic glycolytic. So your body is using primarily like glucose as its fuel source during this time. And your body is going to use this muscle fiber type primarily during like high to medium intensity. Um, you're, I'm thinking like it kicks in after 10 seconds of work and ends around 90 seconds. So for most people, if you're not lifting like crazy high reps or really, really low, this is where you're going to be working. It's a nice, happy medium between the two. Uh, the next uh, would be with really low repetitions. And this takes the lead during uh, the first like 10 seconds of your work. And it's anaerobic. So it uses creatine phosphate as its primary um, fuel source. And this correlates to the muscle fibers. So type one 
anaerobic, type 2 anaerobic glycolytic, type 2B or type 2X, um, that's how some people call it, would be anaerobic creatine phosphate. So each of these, the reason I'm bringing this up is each of these correlate to um, energy pathways in the body. So energy, essentially, um, in order to generate energy, we need fuel. So the first, creatine phosphate, for those first like up to 10 seconds of work beyond that the body switches over to its glycolytic so glucose and then once it passes that 90 seconds last two minute mark um it goes over into the aerobic so uh more like fat metabolism um now it's important to note also <laughs> within this is that these energy systems do not work separate from each other they are all always working. So just because you start, um, you cross over into endurance per se, let's say you're going on a jog and you pass two minutes or 90 seconds, wherever that kicks in, you cross over into there. It's not that you're only using the aerobic energy system. It's just that that one's taking the lead and the others are taking a back seat. That's all that's happening. And also when if you're working on explosive movements, those short duration bursts um, in your body's using creatine phosphate as its primary fuel source, it's not to say that your aerobic energy system isn't working either. It's just that it's taking a back seat. So we really do need to utilize all of these energy systems. It's not that one is better than the other. And your genetics definitely play a role in this. It's been said before that uh, females are going to have more type one, so slow oxidative um, endurance uh, and more geared towards endurance muscle fibers. Um, but I personally, in my uh, co time coaching, I just haven't found this to be true at all. I found a lot of women who do a lot better with lower rep training and heavy weight. Now, that's not to say everyone, ever, like, of course, not everyone is like that. But I know men who do really well with high rep endurance work, more so things like calisthenics, that sort of training. That's just, you can tell that's how their body is built. And then I know a lot of women who do well with low rep training um, and heavy weight, like myself. <laughs> um, actually, interestingly, I have a client who she just had some genetic testing done and it came back that she had a lot of type 2 muscle fibers specifically type 2b or type 2x those meant for very very low repetitions like two or three repetitions and heavy heavy weight and also going for power so plyometric push-ups box jumps um sharp cutting movements, which is so interesting because that's the opposite of what we're told. Like we're told women would be better at endurance training and some of them are, but just because that's what you've been told, don't be so quick to believe it. And I'm not saying you need to go have a genetic test on. I'm not um, chomping at the bit for it either, but it's important to listen to how your body feels 
Um, and just use your common sense and how it responds to training. Like my, my body responds really well to, you know, moderate rep training or whatever it is for you. Um, just because quote, the science shows that this is better. They still only use certain people for that. You are not those people. Like use your brain and your common sense for looking at how your body responds to different forms of training. Now I'm not here to push heavy, heavy heavy weight training on you. I do think it should be in there somewhere for most people, but that doesn't mean it needs to be your primary way of exercise by any means. So I want to get into why it's important to train basically all rep ranges um, and all energy systems. And part of this is because certain parts of your body are going to be more type one. So People in general, as an overall, um, are going to have around 60% type 2 muscle fiber. Now, that's very, very general. There could be people with more, people with less. That's just an average, you know? So people who it comes back like, hey, you have a lot of type 2, maybe they're around 70. Maybe they're around 75. I don't know. Um, but that 60% is very, very average number. Now, with that being said... There are certain parts of the body, like the core, um, maybe like the neck, uh, feet, that are going to inherently have more type one. Because if you think about it, what, like, are you doing power movements with your core? Well, your core is actually working for you all day long. Like if my core was not working for me right now, I'd be flopping on the floor, right? So really your core is working for you almost 24 seven, unless you're laying down, right? So the muscles that support your posture per se, or um, isometric movements. So isometric, that's kind of like a oxymoron isometric movement because I isometric you're not moving at all <laughs> you're holding a position so something like a plank um that would be more type one um so that's just how the body is built so I'm not saying uh you know if if your testing comes back like you know if you did have genetic testing or whatever or if you know your family like oh my family tends to be really good at power stuff or my family tends to be really good at endurance stuff don't think oh i should never do those other things because your body still has that in it so we don't want to completely negate that and it could also be detrimental um if you were to you know if you you know, if you trained your core to uh, try to do power movements, your body's just not built for that. That's not how bodies work. Like they're meant for endurance. That part of your body is. So keeping that in mind with the things that you do, if you do choose to go like lower rep or um, shorter intervals on things, just keep in mind what parts of the body are built to do. So like the feet, you know, they, they hold you all day long, especially like the, the area where your arch is. If you have strong arches, those arches are working. If they're standing, if you're walking, you know, maybe you're a teacher, so you stand up a lot. Um, Your feet are working a lot. So they're meant for endurance. Um, and it's not to say that they can't assist you in power movements like jumping per se, but your feet aren't the prime movers in those movements. So 
I hope that all makes sense to you. What I'm saying, I'm ho- I'm guessing I could have put that together a little bit more eloquently, but um, yeah, I hope that makes sense. So there really is a time and a place for all kinds of training, even if you know one type is better for you. So maybe have that one type dominate, but mix the others in as well. Like I really like weightlifting, but that doesn't mean I never want to slow it down and do a Pilates session. Like I, I love that. But when I did that in the past, like 24 seven, not really 24 seven, but that was like what I did. My body just didn't feel as good. But again, that's me. And I listened to how my body felt when I did that kind of exercise and also how it, um, not just how it felt, but also how it looked. How did my body respond to that kind of training? That was just me personally. So we really do need to train all the different things. Uh, now, within programming, like when I do programming for people, um, it's not always personalized. So I do custom. As When I say custom, it means like it's built for you. So it's customized in a sense within a couple of my containers, which are custom programming and personal training. So basically, the only difference between these is that personal training is more hands-on um, and custom programming. I get to know you, I build the program and then you do it. But when I do programming um, that is not personalized, I have to make it a little bit more general. Um, so I'm just going to give you my membership as an example. And this will kind of Getting to know this will help you understand my methodology a little bit better. So I personally, as a trainer, I always prioritize the big lifts. So like those things you would see in powerlifting and complementary movements. So always prioritize are going to be things like squat, deadlift, hip thrust, um, horizontal pushing movement. So things like a chest press or push up, um, bench press at some point. Um, we have a uh, horizontal pulling. So things like rows and we have a vertical, vertical pushing movement. So shoulder press, overhead press, anything where you're pressing overhead and then a vertical uh, pulling as well. So like pull-ups, lat pull-downs, that sort of thing. So it's a very general strength training in that term. Um, but because it's not personalized. I have to make it as safe as possible for the general population. So if I don't know you at all, and I set you up on a program, I want to make sure that you're going to be good with it, right? Or it's to the best of my ability. So I don't start you with really heavy weight and low repetitions. We're going to start higher, like maybe around 10 to 12 reps with some things, maybe some things eight, um, but probably not lower than that when you first get started. I, you know, I can't think of those very first workouts within my membership off the top of my head. I have a lot of different programs, <laughs> so I can't remember them all, but it's going to be on the higher side because that's what a lot of people are used to. And I just want to get your body used to feeling those patterns. And what does the weight feel like on your back and in your hands? And as you go on um, and progress through the program, you're going to see those repetitions drop. And that's not to say the repetitions are going to go down to like three to four on every single movement, because like I said, I like to work in some of those elements of bodybuilding. So there's going to be... um isolation movements within some of the workouts. Now, what is an isolation movement? So we have to contrast isolation with compound movements. Isolation movements, you can think of as single joint movements. So things like a bicep curl, only the elbow, a tricep extension, only the elbow, 
Um, a leg curl, only the knee, uh, leg extensions, only the knee, calf raises, only the ankle, you know, you get the idea there. So it's, you're isolating different parts of the body. Compound movements would be those bigger lifts I mentioned, like, uh, bench press, squat, deadlift, those sorts of things where it's like multi-joint. So I still work in some of that isolation work into, I would say, a body part split. So lower upper workouts, you're going to see more isolation work um, because you have time for that. And that can help to define certain muscles. It just gives you that little bit of a boost and people really like that. Now, is it necessary? No. But do people like it? Yes, I personally really like doing that kind of training as well. I don't think I do all isolation work because like I said, it can help you. It makes you move a little bit more mechanically, um, but I do think there's a place for it. Um, and it can, isolation work can also have a place within corrective training. But again, that would come down to me identifying uh, that on a personalized level. So I might use isolation work, let's say if someone is rehabbing a hamstring injury or something like that, like they've already gone through their PT and everything. Anyways, that's another topic for another time. I'm getting a little bit carried away, but you're going to see some of that isolation work within the body part split workouts. And I say this because I have full body workouts in there and also body part splits. Now, body part splits tend to be on the shorter side because you're doing part of the body. You're doing your upper body. You're doing your lower body. You're not doing the whole body. Now, full body workouts are going to be a little bit longer because you're doing your whole body instead of just half of your body. But one way I keep those on the shorter side is we don't have isolation work within the um, within the full body um, workouts. Um, so it's going to be primarily bigger lifts with core work. So of course the core work is also worked into the body part split workouts, but within the full body workouts, it's big lifts and core work because that is what you need to hit as a priority for yourself. Um, and like I said, I'm sure to incorporate all of just different movement patterns and I'm not going to go too much into depth on, um, you know, how I program. I think I have another episode coming up um, more on that, but um, that's the gist of how I program for for general programs and when it's not personalized. Now I do have inside tier three of my membership. So there's three tiers. I'll just put a link in the show notes so you can learn a little bit about what each of those tiers offer, but basically each tier builds on the next. So we get more access, more things with each tier. And this basically allows people to get workouts if they don't want to spend as much money. Um, but it also, if you, if you are ready to get like a full-blown fitness education and more support, you can get that if you want it. So within tier three, I do include a little bit more also mobility work to help um, and guide you to personalize it a little bit like, oh, if you notice your hip is tight here or you move in this way, it could mean this about your body. Um, so that's included in tier three. Um, but even within um, all the tiers, within the workouts themselves, we do always start off with some stretching, mobility, warm up stuff. So it's not that you don't have warm ups and cool downs and what's necessary in that capacity, but it's not personalized if, you know, I just want to emphasize that a little bit. <laughs> now, kind of wrapping this up, I just want to say that 
once you know what types of training require which energy systems, you can also reason what type of food would be best to fuel your body before and after workouts and also what things you'd be better at at uh, different points in your cycle. So going back to the muscle fiber types, the energy systems, the three different kinds of lifting. So we talked about bodybuilding and bodybuilding typically uses moderate repetition. So that's going to be like that middle uh, energy system, that anaerobic glycolysis energy system. Um, so it's using more glucose. So things like more simple carbohydrates would be great before workouts. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit distracted. Lemons sniffing something. <laughs> so yeah, like they, like simple carbs before workouts are going to be great. And also knowing that because it's single joint movements, it doesn't require a lot of coordination, right? So I know for myself, I'm not the most coordinated person um, when I'm on my period. So you may experience that as well. Um, so keeping that in mind, like, okay, maybe I'm not going to do box jumps at this point in time, or maybe I'm not going to take an Olympic lifting class or go to CrossFit when I'm on my period, because that requires a little bit more coordination. Um, or when you're going to, uh, do maybe a longer run or something more endurance focused, you, you might want to have, um, you know, like a, a meal a couple hours before. So just, Keeping those things in mind, you'll have to do a little bit of piecing the puzzle together there. But if you go back and you listen to like, okay, so, um, you know, this type of training, it prioritizes these things. So I'm going to be in this energy system. You can reason what types of food would be best as fuel. Now I've done episodes in the past about cycle syncing and stuff. And so I'm not going to get into that much here, but basically to anyone who's just listening to this out of the blue and hasn't listened to those episodes yet, I'm not a huge fan of typical cycle syncing recommendations. Um, I don't think it's accurate. I think it does not work with female physiology, but that doesn't mean I don't think training could be adjusted in certain ways. Um, so like I said, coordination is not going to be at its peak when you are on your period. So it doesn't mean necessarily don't do those things, but just know, oh, I might not be as good at that. Like on your period, you probably won't be as good at endurance. You probably won't be as coordinated. So if you decide to go on a run, just don't expect yourself to perform the same as if you were ovulating because those are exactly the opposite things, right? Uh, just keeping those things in mind and using your common sense in that regard. Uh, strength, I have noticed my strength is not really affected depending on where I am in my cycle, but that doesn't mean um, your strength, your personal strength won't be. Now, when you are on your period, you are more likely to be fatigued, but my personal um, philosophy on this is that you should be doing other things in your life to support your body so that your training doesn't need to suffer. So if you, let's say ovulation time supposed to be highest energy, but you go out for drinks the night before, or let's just say you didn't even do that. You just went to bed a little late, right? Um, and you, maybe you didn't eat very well that day. You probably will perform better on your period taking care of your body as opposed to not taking care of your body when you're ovulating. So there are things we can do 
in daily life to support different phases in our cycle. If I know that I'm, if I have big lifts coming the next day and I'm on my period, I'm going to make sure I go to bed really early. I'm going to not stress myself out. I'm going to eat enough food, drink enough water, you know, just like do the things to take care of my body, the things that we should all be doing all the time, but we don't always Keeping those things in mind, um, if your body is under a lot of stress, now some stress we can eliminate and some stuff, it comes to us. So I'm not saying this is all on you and it's all your fault or whatever, um, but if you have a lot of stress and your body is not good at combating it, you're not able to, your training is going to suffer no matter where you are in your cycle, no matter what. And the period can be one thing, can be, emphasis on can, if your body isn't good at managing stress. But as you're going to come to learn in future episodes, having more muscle mass makes you stress resilient. Think about that. All right. This has been a really fun episode to record, and I'm so appreciative to anyone who has listened to all of this. I have so much fun talking about these kinds of things. Um, I, I would love to hear from you. So please send me a message on Instagram. If you are on Instagram, you feel free to email me at estelcfitness at gmail.com. This is all going to be in the show notes. Um, I also have some resources for you within the show notes, free resources, paid resources, links to my membership. I would love to have you inside. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I know you could have been doing other things, listening to other podcasts, but you listened to mine. So thank you. If you appreciated this episode, share it with a friend, family member, coworker, anyone else you think could benefit from it, even on your social media. And if you want to go the extra mile, leave a review. I know I might sound like a voice just coming through your headphones or your car stereo, but I am a real person as are you. And when I read your kind reviews, it truly warms my heart and it also helps my podcast grow and reach more people. Lastly, I want you to remember that this podcast is for you. So if there's a topic you'd like to hear about, let me know. Send me an email at estellecfitness at gmail.com. That's Estelle, the letter C, word fitness. So E-S-T-E-L-L-E, the letter C and the word fitness at gmail.com. Or send me a DM on Instagram at Estelle C Fitness. Signing off now. I'll talk to you guys later.